Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons called Follow Me. And throughout the series, we're going to be exploring what it means when Jesus calls us to come follow him. And one of the first lessons that we need to learn when it comes to following Jesus is that it's a choice. We get to choose every single day if we're going to follow Jesus or if we're not going to follow Jesus. So throughout the series, we're going to be talking about what Jesus expects out of us as his followers. And you're going to get to make that decision if you're really willing to follow Jesus. So with that, let's get right into this episode sermon and start thinking about what it means to follow him. to look at such obstructions and to move them gently away so that we can come closer to the one who gives us life. yourself to following Jesus if you don't know what that means in the first place. To follow Jesus. But that's not all that we're going to be talking about during... That following Jesus is a choice. This is a choice. It's not a foregone conclusion. And every day, you get to make the choice if you're going to follow Jesus or not. So, with all of that being said, let me ask you a question. take you halfway around the world. Would you tell them that follow Because I got to tell you, I've heard people say, Want 
follow me. And the passage that I want us to take a closer look at today is actually the passage where he talks about what it means to follow him more than he does in any other passage that we find. So if you've got a Bible close by, go ahead and grab it and turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. All right, and as you're finding Luke chapter 9, let me tell you a little bit more about the book of Luke. So the book of Luke is basically a biography of Jesus. So as you're reading the book of Luke, you're going to be able to read about Jesus' birth, and you can read about his baptism. You can read about Jesus' ministry, and you can also read about the miracles that Jesus performed. You can read about Jesus' crucifixion, and you can read about his resurrection. But in the passage that we're going to be looking at today, we're going to read what Jesus has to teach us about following him. So with all of that in mind, let's start reading in Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Here's what Luke writes. He says, As Jesus and his disciples traveled along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. All right, so in this one verse, we're told that a person comes to Jesus, and he tells Jesus, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And how do you think Jesus is going to respond to him? What do you think Jesus is going to say to this person who comes and says to him, I'll follow you wherever you go? Because I can tell you what I would expect Jesus to do here. I would expect Jesus to say, come on, let's get going. I'd expect Jesus to say, all right, let's sign you up right here on the spot. I would expect Jesus to welcome this guy with open arms. But that's not what Jesus does. Instead of welcoming this person with open arms, Jesus is going to tell this person what it means to follow him. So let's take a look at what Jesus tells him in verse 58. In verse 58 we read, Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds in the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So when this person comes to Jesus and says, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus tells him, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man, Jesus, has no place to lay his head. And when Jesus does that, he's telling us part of what it means to follow him. Jesus is telling us that if he has no place where he can lay down his head, then we as his followers may not have a place to lay down our heads either. If we follow Jesus, we may never have a place that we get to call home. And the story doesn't end here, we'll keep reading in Luke 9, verse 59, where we're told, Then Jesus said to someone else, Follow me. He replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father, which sounds like a perfectly reasonable request, right? But Luke goes on to tell us, Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the good news of God's kingdom. Now, when you hear those couple of verses, they sound pretty harsh, don't they? I mean, in those two verses, Jesus goes up to someone and Jesus says, come and follow me. And all the person asks is to be able to go and bury his dad. But Jesus tells him, let the dead bury their own. You go and share the good news. And when he does that, Jesus again is telling us what it means to follow him. And if we follow Jesus, it means... There may be times when you don't get to say goodbye to the people that you love the most. And the story still isn't over. We'll pick back up one more time in Luke 9, verse 61, 
where we're told, someone else said to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say goodbye to those in my house. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand on the plow and looks back is fit for God's kingdom. So once again, we find somebody in this passage who is willing to follow Jesus. But once again, instead of welcoming this person with open arms, instead of helping them along their journey, Jesus stops and tells this person about what it means to follow him. And this time Jesus tells him that no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, can I be honest with you this morning? I mean, we are in church, so it seems like the right thing to do, right? But if I'm being completely honest with you today, i got to tell you, this passage that we just read, it doesn't sit real well with me. And it doesn't sit real well with me because what Jesus does in this passage is completely contradictory to everything else that we've experienced in this world. Here's what I mean. I have never heard about somebody walking into Kroger to sign up for a Kroger Plus card only to be told, listen, we would love to sign you up for your Kroger, for the Kroger Plus card, but first, you have to understand what it really means to be a Kroger shopper. And I have never heard anybody wanting to go and register to vote, but before they could fill out their party affiliation, the person who they're filling out the card with says, listen, before you can mark down which party you want to be affiliated with, you have to understand what it means to be a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. And I have never heard about somebody going to pick up their marriage license, only to be told that they couldn't obtain that license until they fully understood just how much their lives would change after they got married. But that's what Jesus does in those verses that we just read. Before Jesus will let anyone follow him, he wants to make sure they understand what they're getting themselves into. But why is that? If everyone else in the world is more than eager to have a sign-up to join a loyalty program or register to vote or get married or whatever else, why is it that Jesus won't let anyone follow him until they understand what they're getting themselves into? Well, to answer that question, we actually need to go back a couple of verses. Because where we picked up in Luke 9, verse 57, when we picked up, we picked up in a story that was already in progress. So we've got to go back just a little bit to fully understand what's happening. Because if you remember, in Luke 9, verse 57, we were told that as Jesus and his disciples traveled along the road, but that doesn't tell us what road they were traveling along. It doesn't tell us why they were on that road. And it doesn't tell us where Jesus is going. But if we go back just a few verses to Luke 9, verse 51, we can better understand what's happening in this passage. So this is what it says in Luke 9, verse 51. Luke writes, As the time approached when Jesus was to be taken into heaven, he determined to go to Jerusalem. So basically what Luke's telling us in this verse is that Jesus is aware that the time has just about come for him to return to his father in heaven. And that means that he needs to go to Jerusalem. So that's the road that he's on. He's on the road to Jerusalem. And he's on the road to Jerusalem because that's where Jesus is going to die. He's on the road to Jerusalem because when he gets to Jerusalem, that's where the religious leaders and that's where the Roman government is going to capture him and crucify him. So as Jesus is taking this trip, As Jesus is traveling this road, you have to imagine the only thing that he can think about is what's looming ahead of him. 
The only thing that he can think about is the cross that's waiting for him. So with every step that he takes on this journey, I imagine that Jesus is reflecting on what it means for him to follow God. And with every step that he takes on this trip, Jesus knows that for him to follow God, it means that Jesus is going to have to lay down his life for us. So before Jesus is willing to let anyone follow him, he wants to make sure that we understand that if we're going to follow him, we have to be willing to lay down our lives for him. This is why Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 16, 24, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Or to put it another way for you, when Jesus followed God, he laid down his life for us. When we follow Jesus, we lay down our lives for him. When Jesus followed God, he laid down his life for us. When we follow Jesus, we're to lay down our lives for him. So Jesus wants anyone who wants to follow him, who's even thinking about following him, to understand what they're getting themselves into before they make that commitment. Jesus wants anyone who might be thinking about following him to understand that following Jesus isn't an easy thing to do. Because it's one thing to hear somebody say, foxes have their dens and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Or, let the dead bury their own, you go and share the good news. Or, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. But it's a whole other ballgame when you actually have to live that out. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience. I mean, let's just stop and think about what Jesus says inside of this passage. First things that he says is foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I can tell you from firsthand experience that's absolutely the truth. I mean, just think about what our church has been through over the last three years. Since February 26, 2020, our church has worshipped together in four different locations. We've worshipped together in our original building on Taylorsville Road. We worshipped together in two different places on one of U of L's campus. Right now, we're worshipping in our new home here on Bluegrass Parkway. And that doesn't even count the year that we spent worshipping together online only at the beginning of the pandemic, right? And now that we've been in our new church home for about five months, it still doesn't mean that we're going to be here forever. So yeah, Jesus means it when he says that you may not have a place to call home when you follow him. Next thing that Jesus says is that for let the dead bury their own, you go and share the good news. And I can tell you that Jesus means that because I've experienced that in my time as a pastor, my time in ministry. Now, when you become a pastor and you're serving in different churches and when you go from one church to another church, that means that you have to leave behind people that you've developed a good relationship with, people that you love, people that are definitely your friends. And when you leave and you hear word back that one of those people passed away, that one of those people that you shared life with is now on the other side of eternity, you wish that you could be there to say goodbye. You wish that you could be there for the funeral services. You wish that you could be there, but all of the miles and all of the responsibilities usually keep you away. Or when Jesus says, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God, I know that he means that, because I'm like everybody else. I want to be able to look back. I want to be able to reminisce. 
But when I look back and I fixate only on the past, I'm not able to lead God's people into the future. So I get it. And I also understand that when you listen to what Jesus says in this passage, that the things that he talks about, they seem extreme and they seem a little bit crazy. But I also know that he means everything that he says. I know that following Jesus can demand those things from us and so much more. But I also have to tell you that I don't think that Jesus says all of these things because he's trying to dissuade us from wanting to follow him. I don't think that Jesus tells us these things because he's trying to get us to back off and make another decision for our lives. I think Jesus is telling us all of these things because he wants us to know what we're getting ourselves into. He wants us to understand that following him's not easy. He wants us to understand that following him's not about showing up to church for one hour a week on Sundays or finding a few minutes every day to read your Bible and pray. I think Jesus says all of this because he wants us to know that if we want to follow Jesus, you have to make Jesus your first priority. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to make Jesus your first priority. Because what we need to remember here is that when this passage in the Gospel of Luke begins, Jesus is about 75 miles away from Jerusalem. Now, 75 miles, it doesn't sound like much to us today, right? I mean, you just hop in your car, you hit the interstate, you can travel 75 miles in an hour. But in Jesus' time, there weren't any cars, and there definitely wasn't any interstate. So when Luke tells us that Jesus determines that he is going to go to Jerusalem, Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem on foot. And if you're walking 75 miles, even in antiquity, it's going to take you a minimum of four days to make that trip. Minimum of four days. But as you continue reading the Gospel of Luke, what you'll realize is that Jesus isn't in a huge hurry to get to Jerusalem. Jesus is traveling at a pretty leisurely pace. He's stopping pretty frequently so that he can talk and teach with other people as he makes this trip. And what does any of this have to do with us? Why does it matter? Well, I don't know about you, but whenever I go on a road trip, a long road trip, I have a tendency to get distracted. Like, I'll want to make good time to get to my final destination, but as I'm driving along, I'm going to think, Man, I sure could stand stretching my legs. So I'm going to pull over to rest area. I'm going to stretch my legs for a little bit. Or I'm going to drive past a restaurant along the way, and I'm going to think, I want to check that place out. I'm Baptist. I can't pass up a chance for some good food, right? Or I'm going to, or I'm going to get sucked into one of those tourist traps that put up a billboard like every half mile when you're driving down the interstate. And I'm going to want to go and check out the world's biggest ball of of, of twine, of yarn, of whatever else it may be. It's just the way it is. So instead of being focused and determined to make it to my final destination as quickly as possible, I lose focus along the way. And you have to believe that as Jesus was going to Jerusalem, he knew that he was going to be tempted to lose his focus. He knew that he was going to be tempted to not finish that journey. He knew that he was going to be tempted to stop following God's path for him. Because let's just be honest here. It's not like Jesus had a great incentive to make it to Jerusalem. I mean, when Jesus makes it to Jerusalem, he's not meeting up with a bunch of family to have that long-awaited family reunion. And he's not going to be enjoying a week of vacation when he gets there. 
The only thing that's waiting for Jesus when he makes it to Jerusalem is an angry mob of people who are going to want him dead. So Jesus knows that the only way that he can follow God's path to make it to Jerusalem is if he doesn't lose focus, is if he doesn't get distracted. The only way he can do what God has called him to do is to remain committed. The same thing is true for us. If we want to follow Jesus and the path that he has for our lives, we have to be committed to following that path. And that means that if there's anything in our lives that is tempting us to be to pull away from God and what God wants for us and the direction God wants us to go in, we have to be able to set that aside. Even if it means not having a place to lay down our heads. Even if it means not being able to be there to bury our loved ones. Even if it means that we're not able to say goodbye to our family and our friends. Those are the things that were pulling the people in the passage from Luke away from following Jesus. And those things and so many more can pull us away from following Jesus as well. So Jesus has all these things about what it means to follow him. Because Jesus wants us to understand that following him isn't easy. Following Jesus demands everything from all of us. So before we get on this path, before we make the decision to follow Jesus, Jesus wants you to know what you're getting yourself into. Jesus wants you to know that if you're going to follow him, that he has to be the first priority in your life, no matter what. But like I said at the beginning of the sermon, following Jesus isn't a foregone conclusion. Following Jesus is a choice. You get to make that choice. Are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he leads? Are you willing to follow Jesus no matter the cost? Are you willing to follow Jesus and make him your first priority? Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, we know. We have heard what, the, what part of the cost is to follow you. We know that if we're going to follow you, that we have to be willing to put you first above anything and everything else in our lives. We have to be willing to put you in front of our own comfort, in front of our relationships, in front of our own desires, God. You have to be our first priority. We have to seek you above anything and everything else. And God... It's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to commit ourselves to follow you when we may not have a place to lay our heads. Or we may not be able to say goodbye to the people that we love the most. But God, it's worth it. Because you are the one who created us. You created us on purpose and for a purpose. And we will never be who you made us to be. We will never have the life you want us to have if we're not willing to follow you. So God, my prayer is that you help each of us to not just reflect on what it means to follow you, but help us to make the commitment to follow you every day of our lives. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to start thinking about those areas in your life where you have been pulled away from God and recommit yourself to following Him. But remember, it's a choice. Every day you are deciding if you're going to follow Jesus or not. Now, that does it for this episode's sermon, but I want to invite you back to join us when our next episode drops next week. Because in our next episode, we're going to be digging deeper into what it is that Jesus means when he calls us to follow him. What he expects us to do. So I hope that you'll join us when our next episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Or you can come and worship with us every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We'd love to have you come and join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.